My talk will uh, just be concerned with the regulation aspect of the media, that is, regulating the media uh, during the period of transition. For this, I will not be, um, my presentation actually has about 50 slides, but I will not discuss all the issues. They are too complex. I will take about two, three major issues, uh, and they would be the most important, I think. Um, the origins, everybody knows the origins have been under the colonial rule. The first, uh, the first laws were issued and, um, <coughs> sorry, were issued in, 19, in, the 19, in the late 1920s and later on. But if we look at the origins of the media regulation in Tunisia, we see that the 1959 constitution, which is the major reference for us today, is that Article 26 talks about the freedoms of opinion, expression, press, publication, assembly, and association are guaranteed and exercised under the conditions defined by law. The problem is this clause, the conditions defined by law, because the laws did not define conditions but prohibited everything. The origins of state control, we see them, they have to do especially with the first law under colonial rule, which was kept even after independence. This provided for monopoly over the management of the uh, public, uh, public broadcast media, but also the print media, except for a couple newspapers like Azhar and others, which were privately owned and which were run according to a different uh, perspective, mainly intellectual. They had nothing to do essentially with the, with the state. One will have to wait until, I think, 1957, when the first decree law gave radio and television Tunisienne monopoly over production and broadcasting, but 100% financed by the state, which means that the state controlled everything, appointments, content, and everything else. The, however, this would actually come to a halt with the proliferation of satellite television. Satcasting invaded Tunisia in the late 70s, early 80s. And the state to try to keep under control uh, the reception of, 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 of satellite, of satcasters, by imposing a tax on anyone who would install a dish on, on their roofs. By Actually, there was a very funny law. It says that if you, if you install the dish in your garden, you pay 20 dinars a year. If you install it on your rooftop, you pay 120. <laughs> Which means that if you're rich and you have a garden, you can pay no problem and have access to that, but if you're poor, and especially if you live in a tenement, you will not be able to do that. Uh, but uh, smuggling through Algeria, thank you Algeria, again was very helpful because, and Kasrin, through Kasrin too. So satellite receivers invaded the country by millions and almost in no time, even the rural areas, you would see even sheep herders would have their own sat receivers in the, in, in the desert. Under Bourguiba, the media was an essential tool of education, but also indoctrination, because he was the topic of the media. The media covered Bourguiba when he was talking, when he was having lunch, when he was swimming, when he was talking. And actually, he, in his own office, he was watching both television and listening to the radio, and would interfere, would pick up the phone, and call the radio managers, and sometimes insult some for language errors. <laughs> Under Ben Ali, when Ben Ali came, he found a very established system of control. And then that's what I call feed, feeding, taming the beast. It was a very good propaganda tool. They just removed Bourguiba. They used the tool for the transition period 1987. But then structurally, 
Ben Ali established two or three other systems of control. One of them was a permanent office at the level of the Ministry of Interior Affairs to monitor TV and newspapers especially, but especially a very, very active unit that was active at the level of the Presidency of the Republic. This one issued the news concerning the government. So there was an agency within the presidency, but TAP, which is the official one, actually received their material from the president, uh, from, the, from the office of the president of the republic for communication. It was later uh, more monitored by establishing um, the infamous ATSU. It's the, what we could call maybe the Tunisian uh, Information Bureau, which monopolized any contact with the outside world. So if you are a journalist coming to Tunisia, they would meet you at the airport, take you to a very good hotel, provide you transport, translation, interpretation, material, and everything. But if you are not desired, they would, take you, they would put you back on the same plane you came in. Uh, and so they established a very good network of supporters, and it became a very effective propaganda machine. Now, the first cracks in the wall actually started with Saad Kassing. The Tunisian people turned away from their national media and started, unfortunately, being hooked on Al Jazeera. This was the time people were talking about. They turned to Al Jazeera as their main source of information. But also, depending on the location on the western border, they were following Algerian television. Uh, on the coast, they were receiving Italian and French channels, essentially. Uh, the the proliferation also of the internet was an essential tool because people also learned to use uh, different ways, especially um, to, 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 to counter IPs and to have access to different other websites. And that was becoming also a very important sign of a weakening grip. 14th of January, and game here, of course. Uh, somebody yesterday was telling me that uh, one of the characteristics of the Tunisian the Tunisian citizen or the Tunisian in general is his capacity to adapt to situations, what we call turncoats. That is, we adapt to any situation. In the sea, they're fish. In the desert, they're camels. So that was the situation at a certain time. On the 13th of January, all the national TV stations, but also private ones, they became the mouthpiece of the revolution. On the 14th of January, all the journalists became more revolutionary than those who died. Now, if we look at the situation now, and here I'm not going to go into the details because we don't have much time. This is a study that was carried out by the Poe Research Center in, in, in 2012 about priorities in Tunisia. If you look here, you will find that uh, in terms of percentage for the interviewees, we find that improvement in economic conditions it ranks number one. But was it, what, what is interesting here is that freedom of expression with 64% ranks number five, but also uncensored media after that 57%, which means that people are really concerned with the question of information and free access to communication. Here, um, what my study wanted especially is to try to wait a little bit the progress made in Tunisia in terms of regulation. And here I use UNESCO's IPDC indicators. IPDC is the UNESCO International Program for Development of Communication, and it has a set of 12 points as indicators they used. IDPC carried out their study in 2012, September until April 2012. They published their report on to, in 2013 with a set of recommendations. Their report is available on the internet. <coughs> Just Google ID, IDPC, you'll find the Tunisia report there. It's a very detailed report with a large number, with a team of experts from 
uh, from Eastern Europe, from also uh, South Africa and, and Northern, uh, Northern Europe. If we look at these key indicators, <coughs> sorry, we'll find that uh, number one, A, is a, the availability of a legal and policy framework uh, subdivided into four points, into, sorry, five points. First one, freedom of expression is guaranteed, the right to information is guaranteed, editorial independence, uh, the public and civil society organizations participation. Uh, indicator B, which goes point six and seven, independence of the regulatory system um, to, that ensures also media pluralism. And then we have C, points eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. They are divided as follows. The availability of laws on defamation and libel. The uh, defamation laws impose the narrowest restrictions 110 restrictions upon freedom of expression, how could, how, how could they be um, uh, decided, especially in the laws as provided for and by the Constitution in 1959. And the last point, D, is censorship. Censorship, we know that censorship in Tunisia under Ben Ali was a very sophisticated system that people censored themselves. People did not even allow themselves to say anything. So even when they wanted to talk, they would turn to the left and then to the right <coughs> and then whisper something in codes. If we look at indicator one, the right to freedom of expression includes the right to seek, receive, and import uh, information, etc. That's what I knew. So here I would like to start simply look at the constitution, the new constitution provisions. This is one of the victories of civil society, actually, because this article initially, when it started, it included the idea of the state also protects not only freedoms, but also the sacred. And I think that at a certain time, including the sacred here, for many people was considered as a really the, the, the trap because anything could be considered sacred. And so if we look here, freedom of opinion, thought, expression, media, and publication shall be guaranteed. These freedoms shall not be subject to prior censorship. The state shall guarantee the right to information and the right to access to information. The state seeks, and this is one of the worst expressions actually I find that in the Constitution, unfortunately, it's this term, seeks, which means if they don't make it, you cannot actually blame them. That is, we say, uh, we say in, in Arabic. So you simply have to thank them for a sigh, not for achieving that, to guarantee the right to access to communication and networks. Um, a new press code, the law, decree law 2011-115 is there. We don't have time to look at that all, but I want to go right away. Participation of civil society is there. We have now a new, um, a new body to monitor the media, the HICA, after Enric took over the transition period, headed by Kamal Abidi, who did an important work and issued an important report, which suggested also re um, reforming the, uh, the, uh, the, the media sector. Now we have HICA. It's an independent authority, but HICA now is intervening also to monitor content but we don't know what its authority is because still we have two, uh, three radio stations operating without license, and we have two television stations operating without license, and we have another very important issue, and it is the possibility of politicians to own media outlets. This is also an important issue. Um, some recent um, developments, latest news, essentially, we should talk about this, uh, 13th of May, blogger and activist Aziz Amami arrested with his friend, photographer Sabri Ben Luka. Uh, another one, Sant Zarugi, also arrested. 
The first two on allegation of drug consumption, and they are still being arrested. Some people say they have been arrested because of what they have published on the internet, especially their campaign against arresting those people who are accused of burning down police stations during the revolution. And still, these people are under arrest, and nothing has been done about that. It is unconstitutional, and people have been writing about that, but it seems like the people have not realized that they have a new constitution yet. Um, another example, the latest conference of the interim government triggered another important debate because the prime minister demanded that only editors-in-chief would attend the press conference. Journalists were turned back. And when the, they asked him, he said, I will talk to the editors-in-chiefs, and then the ministers will talk to journalists. What logic is that? I don't know. Um, conclusion, the dog was unleashed after years of tight control, definitely. It was a very, very tame dog. Then, in my view, this dog turned into a wild beast. The first interest was looking for the best bones of which it has been deprived for a long time. It unleashed against friends and foes. So there was money to be grabbed, there was interest to be grabbed, some people were taking anything they could. New alliances, especially political alliances, media alliances have emerged. Um, uh, there's a very serious problem of professionalism. There's a very serious problem of international standards. Article 19 is there, but we know also the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights is, uh, uh, has been ratified and signed by Tunisia, but still there's a serious problem now because a violation like this, Aziz Amami, has not been accused of anything so far. So setting the rules for behavior requires education and practice, certainly. My final assessment may be, uh, being a teacher, say, can do better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.